0: Um, This morning we're going to be visiting the scripture Isaiah 40. Isaiah is probably one of my favorite books in the Bible. It has so much to say about the coming of Jesus, what he's going to be like. Uh, Hundreds of years before Jesus showed up on the scene, Isaiah was a prophet and He's written some of the famous words that you probably know. That he was pierced for our transgressions. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. All we like sheep have gone astray, have all turned to our own ways. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was despised and rejected of men, man of sorrows. You know those scriptures. Uh, a lot of the stuff in Christmas, the Messiah that Handel wrote was taken from Isaiah. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. All those things that we love and know about Jesus, who's God in flesh, a lot of those come from passages from Isaiah. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. His name will be called Emmanuel. It's Christmas season's coming up. been writing Christmas songs. But I uh, entitled this sermon, Wild the Shouting, um, because this is a passage where there's a lot of shouting in it. Now, I'm not really one who shouts a lot. <laughs> in fact, I think Jordan got on my Facebook and said, what's this about shouting? Bill where is shouting? Um, <clears throat> the only times I shout is when something's really wrong, you know, like the kid's about ready to fall off of the, the thing, you know. Or I remember one time I was walking. We were building our house, and I had a tape measure in my pocket. And and I don't know, you know, you're building houses, you're killing snakes and stuff. So I was thinking about snakes as I was walking through the woods and clearing things. And all of a sudden, this tape measure decided to recoil in my pocket. <laughs> you know, just like that. And all I could think of there is a snake crawling up my legs, and I just want. That So, I mean, this horrific noise like, that I don't rule a lot you know, when you get frightened and uh, make those kind of noises. that's when I shout. Or if I'm really, really happy, okay, if something has happened that I just love, or, or I feel like maybe I'm in an area where I won't get embarrassed, I shout. But that's the kind of shouting I do. But in this passage, uh, there's a lot of shouting that goes on. It's important because Isaiah is talking about God, God. It's an amazing thing when your God shows up. So turn to Isaiah 40 if you have your little Bible app. You can follow along. There will be some questions in there for your home groups if you want to use those later on. If you save that as an event, uh, you can look at those. Some people even fill those out after church and do a study. That's kind of neat. You probably remember the scene. There's a rugged man standing in a river. Calling out to the people. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Or maybe he said. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. He looks up and he sees another man. And points to him and said. Look. There's the Lamb of God. That takes away the sin of the world. That's John the Baptist, remember him? Preaching in the desert. It wasn't really a desert, It's just a wilderness place because there was a lot of water there because he was baptizing. But as a wilderness, the word just means a place where there isn't even much people. Except John was changing and all these people were coming out to see John. He has all the qualities of an Old Testament prophet. He's got the look, he's got the clothes, he eats grasshoppers. I don't know if all of them did that, but he is a rough guy and he has a loud voice. And he's shouting in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Later on, Jesus talks about him. And he sort of questions the Pharisees about, did they believe that John was a prophet? But, and he preaches this little sermon about John. He said, what well, did you go out in the desert to see? Did you go out in the desert to see reed shaken by the wind did you go out in the desert to see uh, a man in fine clothes and he was playing with them a little bit and he said no you went out to see a real prophet in you just like the old testament prophets in fact he says now get these words of all those that are born of women john is the greatest he was greater than Moses. He was greater than Abraham. Jesus said John was the greatest prophet. I wonder why that was. I have some ideas maybe. Maybe it's because he's the one that got to point out the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He got the best message of all, he? He got to shout out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Let's look at verses 3 through 5. Listen. It's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make straight highway through the wasteland for God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. I can't help saying that words almost without saying. Then the glory, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Because I'm a music guy, right? That's Handel's Messiah. Glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh will see it together. That's what's going to happen. Are you Ready? So if someone is shouting in this wilderness, get ready! Can you sit? Can you shout? Can you can you shout with me? I, I hate it when people when ministers do this, but come on. Get ready. Let's say it again. Get ready! You'll remember this sermon because I never shout. And we just shouted together. Get ready. Now I want you to let that sink in. When someone says What if someone walked up to you and said, prepare to meet your God? (laughs) What what would go through your mind? They're going to pull out a gun and send me to meet my maker, yeah. But then it would dawn on you in the next five minutes, if I had to stand before God, if I was, am I prepared to meet my God? This is a message that needs to be shouted out. You know, we have family come in for Christmas and we get the house cleaned and we get the food prepared and we buy the gifts and the decorations are all up. And then we get cooking and then suddenly all the night's gone away and we wanted to have that conversation we wanted to spend the time that we... There's a different kind of preparation we really wanted to make, wasn't there? We've all done that sort of, I think let the logistics and everything else get in the way of really meeting the people we want to meet. And the same thing is true with God. I think sometimes we get caught up in all the trappings of of worship and service. Are our hearts really ready? Are we... Are our eyes open? Are our ears open? Are we listening? Are we looking? For the Lord and His works are we sensitive to His things. This is what John said about the one coming after him. These words just blow me away. He says, this one who's coming after me, you know, John is the greatest of all the prophets. He says, I'm not even able, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. And then he says this. This is even more astounding to me. He says, he who comes after me is greater than me because he was before me. That sound familiar? Somebody tell me what that means. What does he mean? He who comes after me is greater than me because he was before me. Anybody know? You know, don't you? He's always been there. Jesus was there in the beginning. He is the word through whom everything was made in the whole world. And so this sort of reminds me of the words of Jesus when he said, Remember Abraham? Well, before Abraham was, I am. I existed before Abraham. In fact, Abraham looked forward to my day. He saw my coming and rejoiced with it. Rejoiced about it. So... Well, let's read on in verse 6. He says, A voice said, Shout. I asked, what should I shout? Shout that the people are like grass and their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. It's kind of a strange thing to shout. All men are grass. I mean, if you were standing out on the street corner and shouting that, it would probably come and pick you up in a white truck and take you to a nice facility. <laughs> All people are grass, but I want you to, I want you, to, you know, Jim and I were talking about this the other night. I told him what I was going to preach on immediately as mine went to this passage. All men are grass. Now this isn't grass, but it's, it's, it's something like what he's talking about. This is a little rose I just picked off my rose bush. It's one of the three last little ones hanging on, you know, from the end of the summer. And uh, how long do these last? Ladies probably know more. I mean, a whole rose. If you have a whole dozen roses, how long can you keep it alive in your house? A week, maybe? A couple weeks, maybe? If you put that little stuff in the bottom, it'll keep going. But this is even, lasts longer than the flowers of the field. You know, my grandkids, every once in a while, they'll go out and they pick the flowers, you know. These little ones of the grass, you know, they're just tiny ones. And they put them in a vase and they stick them on the counter an hour later, they're just like this wildflowers is what he's talking about. The grass of the field. Sorry, I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> the grass of the field. We really didn't plan that, but there was a <laughs> bird. The grass of the field. What is he, what's the point he's making? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> when he says, all flesh are grass, all men grass. And he says that the glory, the best we can do, the best that we can produce, if I put all of Phil's accomplishments and pile them right here, what do they amount to? The beauty, the glory of Phil's life—it's like a little flower that my granddaughter brings in and he puts she puts in a vase, and, and in two hours it's gone. And we know that about our lives. Don't we? we? Don't think about it that way while we're living it. But we get to the end of our days, and we look back and we say, "Well, God, what really did I accomplish?" You know, I, I write songs. I wrote a song with a, a gal. She's she's won devil awards. She's won. Uh, BMI awards, all kinds of things, and she won BMI Songwriter of the Year last year, and she had this certificate, and she says, Bill, I thought that would be really something amazing when I got that, but now it's just a piece of paper. And I think about people that walk down the red aisle and have the the Oscars and, the, and all the accomplishments in that regard, or, or the people that build huge buildings and, and get to the end of their life and wonder... You know, I wish I'd spent more time with my kids. I wish I'd. I wish my marriage had worked. I wish. You know, life has a way of sort of shaking us up. You know, when we're when we're little, we think we can open the peanut butter jar, but then we hand it to mom and dad. You know, when we're when we're little, me do, I can do, and we encourage your kids. You can do anything you want to do in the Lord, and then, and a little bit later on, barriers come alive, and they didn't get to accomplish the thing they did. Life can be discouraging if you think of it that way. But Jesus had so many different teachings where he would say, uh, don't store up for your stuffed treasures. Use your money in such a way to make friends of God's people and encourage the body. Invest it in the kingdom and then you'll have eternal riches that will last forever. He said there are ways of getting around this temporary nature of this where you're not just a flower that blooms and dies man I'm going to have to hurry if I'm going to get through this so people are grass and let's look at verse 9 here O Zion messenger of the good news shout from the mountaintops shout at loud Jerusalem shout and do not be afraid tell the towns of Judah your God is coming Shout it. is coming. That's right. <laughs> Your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. I have a theory. I think the more we spend time in man-made walls, in cars that run down, uh, in our own works we sort of get discouraged we, we have a sense of this I'm a flower that just sort of falls off the vine. you know we we write a song it just didn't quite do what I thought it would do we paint a picture that, oh it didn't turn out exactly like I wanted it to or we we do some kind of work you know we build a cabinet Jim and I were talking <laughs> this morning you know we were building cabinets and that's fine but they're all going to burn up one of these days so where does the eternal stuff come from in my life well It's something around this message. Your God is coming. I think we need to get out more. I love to stand out here and look to the west in the evening because it's the best place to see the sunset. I love to go to Colorado and uh, walk through the mountains. I have a friend in Colorado. He's at Como, Colorado. He runs one of the top ten youth camps up there in the Colorado mountains. And he he brings people in wilderness uh, camping and takes them out there. He says, Phil, I don't have to do anything. He says, I get them out here and they see the glory of God. They look up at the stars at night. They look over the mountains. And there's something about this creation that transforms them. And he says, all I have to do is, well, you know, God made this. My job is easy. Because God does all the work with his... His handiwork. Your God is coming. What is He like? I want to draw a contrast. I've got some pictures here we're going to run through. Uh, You can respond to me in this sermon by saying, God or man? Now, who made these? Man did. One on the left is the biggest tower in the world so far. I think it's in Dubai. But they keep putting little spires on them. I want to be the tallest. What's the next one? Yeah, it's a little more impressive, a little bigger. <laughs> okay, next. That's nice. It's, it's actually a painting, but what's it imitating? It's imitating this. What's the next one? Yeah, that's the real thing. In fact, I took that shot out this, this, uh, this way. What's the next? Man... It's kind of impressive, isn't it? All those light bulbs going off. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. Now there's this. You know, they took the Hubble telescope and they focused it out in the darkest place in the universe. And you know what they saw? Billions and billions of galaxies stars. In a place they, went, they didn't think there was that much. Just beyond. My brother preached a sermon one time where he said... Oldest brother Ralph, I'm the last of eight, he's the oldest. He said God has energy to burn, you know. He's got that sun out there, only a little tiny fraction falls on the earth. He just throws his glory out everywhere. It's amazing. Next one. Is that God or man? Man, it's pretty cool to watch those things. You know, you watch the videos, I was going to watch. What about this? Man, what about this? Yeah. Any comparison? Next one. It's kind of weird. This this creature is in a movie, I think Iron Man or something like that, or old drama. He's artificial intelligence. I don't know if you're familiar with what's going on in artificial intelligence. I mean we are creating machines that try to think like us and try to model them after our intelligence. We make them smarter and smarter make it play chess, that's how it kind of started, those kind of things, we could figure out, oh, Siri just talked to us a minute ago. Oh my word, we're getting so advanced. And yet, the experts in the field actually say none of these actually work like a real human being. It's a whole different way of thinking. We don't just think in terms of filing cabinets with responses in them triggered by certain, This guy is really a figment of our imagination. What's this? What's the next one? This is the real thing. That's my granddaughter and my son-in-law. Is there any comparison between what God creates and what we create? No. Next one. You know I'd slip that one in there. Who else... Has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and the hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Has he asked you for advice recently? No? Does he need someone to instruct him about what is good? Do we tell God what's good? Does someone teach him about what is right or show him the path of justice? There's a lot of people that try to do that these days. They sort of say, you know, God's not treating this world right. He's not treating me right. He doesn't know the way and path of justice. They don't know. Let's read on. No, for the nations of the world, are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole world as though it were a grain of sand. All the woods in Lebanon's forest and all the Lebanon's animals would not be enough. That's where Scott is right now, by the way. All the forests, they were known for their, their beautiful cedar trees that just went to the sky when King Solomon built the temple he went up to Lebanon to get the best cedars for all the beams. all of the wood in Lebanon's forest is not enough wood to make a burnt offering worthy of our God the nations of the world are worth nothing to him in his eyes they count for less than nothing mere emptiness and fraud in comparison our greatest works everything we can accomplish our smartest men women, you know, everything that we can do, they drop in a bucket. They're dust on the scales. The Lord has no equal. Can you shout that out? The Lord has no equal. Can you shout this out? To whom can you compare God? To whom can you compare God? Amen. Let's read on. What image can you find to resemble Him? I'm in verse 18 here. To whom can you compare God? What image can you find to resemble Him? Can He be compared to an idol formed in a mold, overlaid with gold, and decorated with silver chains? That's a nice idol. Or if people are too poor for that, they might at least choose wood that won't decay, and a skilled craftsman. Does that sound a little sarcastic to you? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of idol can you make that compares with God? Well, let's just get good gold. And let's make sure it doesn't fall down like Dagon did. Remember that story in the Old Testament. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God? The words he gave before the world began. Are you so ignorant? God sits above the circle of the earth. People below him seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. He judges the people, the great people of the world, and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started before take barely taking root when he blows on them and they wither. The wind carries them off like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? asked the Holy One. Look up at the heavens, who created all the stars. He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of His great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Those are amazing words, aren't they? I just love to to soak in those scriptures. There's nothing better than to sit out in Colorado with the Word of God open and read words like that. We need to do more of that it's called contemplation it's called wonder, it's called meditation not the kind of meditation where you empty your mind like in the eastern stuff this is meditation on the word where you're chewing it and thinking about it my dad used to take us on walks in the woods and teach us the art of meditation uh, and all that is is you would look at a flower and say isn't that amazing how God created that You look at the stars and you say God you are so immense. How can I how can I look at what you've created and not stand in wonder. Isaiah has this experience with the Lord. Once you've stood in the presence of the Lord and been exposed to his wonders you're never the same. The psalm says the voice of creation shouts out the glory of God. In fact, there is no language where that voice isn't heard. It's a universal thing. The universal wonder at the works of God. In all this shouting, there's also a tender voice. We missed it because we skipped the first few lines. (laughs) In verse 1, he says, Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and that her sins are pardoned. And yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for her sins. Look at verse 10. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms. Holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. Now down to verse 26. Look up at the heavens. Who created all the stars. He brings them out like an army one after another. Calling them each by its name. You mean he's got billions of stars named? We can't even count them. He's got them named. Because of his great power and incomparable strength. Not a single star is missing what's the application of all these parables all these pictures that he's created oh jacob how can you say that the lord god does not see your troubles oh israel how can you say god ignores your rights have you never heard have you not understood the lord is the everlasting god oh we know this one the creator of all the earth he never grows weary or weak Your God is coming. It's, it was not only true in John the Baptist Day, preparation for Jesus, all the things that the world was preparing for, receiving the Messiah. You know, there are two comings of Christ. There's the first coming that we celebrate every year. And then there's the second coming where we lift our eyes to heaven and long for Him. But your God is coming and no one compares to Him. He's full of wonder and full of compassion. He's not only the God who created the Son and all the tremendous power, <coughs> but He's also the God who gathers the lambs in His arms and leads the young mothers. with they young. He gives strength to the weary power to the weak so holy so merciful so exalted so humble so rich and so generous so wise and yet so patient a master who serves a shepherd who gives his life for the sheep a rock that gives a shelter so mighty so tender. Such a contrast. God with us lives with us. Just a couple things maybe to put into practice. Let's get out of these walls. Let's get out into creation. Spend time with your family pointing things out. What the Lord has done. Take time to immerse ourselves in the Word of God that feeds our hearts and our souls. He said in that first phrase, you know, we're like grass, but the Word endures forever. Make it a priority to spend time with each other talking about the things that really matter, the eternal things. Let's do that, people of God. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we love your word, we love you talking to us, and we love to see the wonders of your creation, the wonders of salvation, grace, what you offer us, Lord, you are a great God, and we desire a relationship with you, Lord, I pray for anybody here that maybe isn't as close as they need to be to you, maybe this would be the day that they would begin to check out your wonders uh, check out your word that you would uh, communicate to them your love and your affection and your guidance to them Lord, this morning pray for all of us as we take this journey it's just so easy to get caught up in what we do instead of what you do so easy to live like there is no God instead of there's a God who's coming. Lord, we just give you praise and glory this morning, asking you to change our hearts and to call us up, there to your throne. Pray this in the name of Jesus.